0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's welcome in our good friend Solomon Wilcox from Pro Football Focus, who has all that information on the NFL. But first, Solomon, we got to have you solve the age-old debate. Ross needs some help solving his Christmas tree quandary. And since your Twitter feed is at Solomon's Wisdom, you can help him. He doesn't have much time. He needs a Christmas tree. Is it time for Ross to go fake tree, save that time each and every year, or she he commit to real? Which way do you see it?
1: And you know what? I, I know Ross. He's a very busy man. He's Mr. Multimedia, Dave, kind of just like you. Very little time. So, hey, I, I went about four or five years ago with the pre-lit Christmas tree. And it even has the, you could spray it with the real pine smell. So it gives the home that Christmas smell that we all grew up on. And it's already pre-lit. It's the best way to go, no doubt. And the cleanup, there is no cleanup. How about that? There is no cleanup in the after effect.
2: Ross? (laughs) Sally, do you feel like you've quit on life? Do you feel like China is winning, Sally? No, no. I, I am a man
1: who understands how to conserve time. I know how to delegate to others. And I still know how to get the end game, the end result, the outcomes that I want with streamlining all that entire process of not having to go out, select a tree, put up a tree. And it, it's safer. Let's face it. It's much safer.
2: All right. Let me ask you this, Sally. <laughs> I have a six year old and a seven year old. And part of it's like the process of going to get the tree and, you know, putting the lights on the tree and the ornaments. Would you, if you, I know your kids are older now, but if you That's were in right. my shoes, if you were in my shoes, would you go fake tree? Or would you continue (laughs) to go buy real ones because it's like, it's the process of doing it as a family like that?
1: See, now, see you know me, now you just tapped into something. And remember, I just said, about four or five years ago, I went with the pre-lit tree. When my kids were your kid's age, we went through the entire experience of selecting the tree cutting it down, dragging it in. Of course, dad did most of the work, right? So, no, I I think there's something to that. I think it's uh, it's something that you want to share with your kid. And we were able to do that for our kids. But once
2: they went off to college, I went total pre-lit (laughs) trick. All right. Well, well, speaking, Solly, speaking of something to that, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, our former colleague, Tim Ryan. I made yeah. some comments recently. He's a color analyst for the 49ers. The Niners lost to the Ravens. And he made some comments about Lamar Jackson and uh, and related to his skin and, and all the mesh points and having the brown on the brown. And I wanted to get your thoughts on whether or not you think that there is anything to that and what your reaction was to Tim's comments, having known him as long as you and I both have.
1: Yeah, and you know I have great respect for Tim, Ryan. In fact, I called him last week, and I spoke with him, and uh, I I wanted him to know that I thoroughly support him because I believe in him as a person and as a professional. And, uh, you know, remember when he gave those comments, he spoke about three colors, right? Not only the skin color of the hands of, Lamar Jackson. But he also talked about the jersey color. He also talked about the color of the football. And so that's the context. And I think there were others who took that story and made it all about skin color. And that's very unfortunate. And I think what Tim learned, and it's something we talked about, um, is that we do have to be careful with our choice of words, only because it can later be parsed out and sort of carved up, and people can use our words to have it translate into whatever they want it to be. And so he understands that process. I think he understands it even greater today than he did, say, you know, before last last week. And he is going to offer an apology because I know his heart. I know his mind. I say things often, unfortunately, where my head and my heart are kind of separated, and I have to tell people, hey, credit that to my head and not my heart. This is what I meant. So I think I. As- professionals when we're working in this industry we have to understand how our words affect others with that said uh, i fully support tim ryan because i know him as a person he's a wonderful professional and a very dear and good friend
2: so then the only other question i have on that Sally, would just be um were you offended or do you think other people of color have a right to be offended and because i'm just looking i know the situation is different But for an example, if it were like a baseball pitcher who was uh, really pale, let's say, and um, when he threw a baseball, it wasn't as easy to pick up a baseball and someone commented on that, I wouldn't be offended. Now, I know I don't come from an oppressed group or a minority. Like, I know all that stuff. But I wanted to get your thoughts on that, too. Well, first
1: of all, no, I personally was not offended. Okay? Um, I talked with some other friends on Saturday. We were watching college games. Conversation came up. And these guys are professional people. They work at Procter & Gamble here locally. They work at Kroger. And, they, and some people at the table were like, well, I was offended. Others people were like, no, I think they should just let it go. Mm. Almost everyone at the table agreed that no way should he lose his opportunity for employment based on what was said. So no one was offended at that level. I think people have a right to feel however they want to feel. But I I personally believe that we need to have greater understanding and have greater empathy and leeway to be able to express ourselves, but understand that our words do have consequences. So there is a sweet spot. I think you can go too far and be an overly judgmental and overly um, hurt when someone has something to say. But also, I think when you're the speaker, you should understand that your words do have consequences. And we need to make sure that we have great empathy for people on the other side, make sure that our words have good outcomes and not negative ones. So there's a sweet spot to be at without using these terms, political correctness. I think we all ought to get up in the morning, understanding how can we benefit society and how might we affect others in a more positive way and not a negative way.
0: Man, put that on a bumper sticker. That would solve a lot of issues in this country right now. Excellent words uh, from you on that. It looked like Lamar Jackson may have been trolling a little bit, wearing white sleeves for the first time in his career. <laughs> only only other time he wore sleeves. One other time he wore black sleeves. So look, without a doubt, I think he was trolling those words of Tim Ryan talking to Solomon Wilcox played six years in the NFL national broadcaster analyst at profootballfocus.com. It's just 200 bucks a year for an elite membership. Got to check them out. Best information, which we will get to in a sec. Got to get you to weigh in on the biggest story in all of sports, which of course is the new England Patriots and what some are calling Spygate Two. having played in this league, having broadcasted this league, covered it from all angles do you believe the Patriots' innocent explanation of what happened with the camera crew last weekend, or are they cheating?
1: Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're cheating, because that I really, really don't know. Uh, I'm also not going to be gullible and say, uh, no, it, you know, I don't really think there is anything to it. This is an organization who I respect a lot. I respect their owner, Bob Kraft. I respect the coach and Bill Belichick. Um, Let's face it, they do things the right way. Now, it's also been documented that they are willing to cross the line. You know, I've heard players from that organization say, you know, casually, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So I do believe that there's something to it. There's no way I'm going to dismiss this as something that was carelessly – um, sort of uh, something that we just were doing as an aside that had nothing to do. Why are they shooting a documentary about how to just do your job? And that means you should be shooting your own team doing their job. Why are you haphazardly at a stadium where your team isn't even playing? And it just so happens that the team you're playing the next week, you're shooting the documentary at their stadium. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Call me a conspiracy theorist because I am not that. I just believe that if you understand the past, present, and future, that you can connect those things to have a strong understanding of probable outcomes. And the Patriots have been caught with their hand in the cookie jar. That's well documented. Uh, They've won a lot, okay? Let's give them credit. They're good at what they do. So if they're in a stadium with cameras, shooting a team that they're going to be playing the very next week. And you ask me, what is that all about? I would probably tell you all of
2: the above. Sally, you're the man, by the way. Um, <laughs> you really are. Uh, I agree very much with everything you just said. And I played in New England. And I still think that there's a way too many coincidences there uh, in my mind, a- at a minimum, Sally, I would just submit that based on their past history, they should go out of their way to be beyond reproach. And they're clearly not yeah. in this instance. But I wanted to ask you something different, actually, about Lamar Jackson. And I don't know if we a- I asked you this the mm-hmm. last time or not. But I guess the question is, Sally, do you think... How much of his success do you think is as a result of the offense and do you think teams will be able to figure out maybe it's later this year maybe it's not till next year a much better way to defend what Greg Roman, Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson are doing
1: You know I personally I think he's changing the game before our very eyes and I give a lot of credit to John Harbaugh for scrapping the old offense run by Marty Morningwig and allowing Greg Roman to implement an entire new offense and tailored around the skill set of Lamar Jackson. Um, remember, when he left the field after that wild card loss to the L.A. Chargers one year ago in the playoffs, they were booing him in Baltimore. And all they've done is reinvent themselves and he has improved in a lot of areas that um, I think leads to the real answer to your question: Is it sustainable? And let's face it, he is making plays from the pocket. He is—he's uh, got the highest grade uh, that we give to a quarterback here at PFL in terms of pass plays from the pocket. He is accurate from the pocket. He's generating positive plays, making plays from the pocket. Some of that is coming off play action, but when it comes to his ability to, to throw the ball with great accuracy, timing, and understanding of where he wants to go with it, he is making plays from the pocket, Ross. That part of his game is very much sustainable. There are no, no aging running quarterbacks in our league. You know that. So as he, he grows older, as he maybe take more hits, maybe that part isn't sustainable. But the part of making plays from the pocket, part of play action passing. RPOs, I think that is increasingly becoming a larger part of NFL football. And I think he's going to, he's part of it. Russell Wilson is part of it. We've seen this with Cam Newton. Here is a much bigger bodied guy now convalescing as a result of being a running quarterback. So we know that eventually the injuries are going to catch up with him if, if he's continuing to run the football as much as he is today. But right now, They have the most explosive offense in the NFL. They have the highest scoring offense in the NFL. And it's hard to argue it. And they do play great complementary football, playing great defense. So right now, they're trending towards an NFL championship. We'll see if they can close the deal.
0: Sure feels that way. Lamar Jackson, the number four overall graded quarterback quarterback on PFF.com number one, Russell Wilson, number two, Drew Brees. The surprise when I looked up the grades this morning was number three, Ryan Tannehill who uh, got blown out down there at Miami and has now won six of seven with the Titans, nine touchdowns, one pick in the last month from what you've seen. How do you explain the transformation of Ryan Tannehill with the Titans?
1: You know, Dave, and that's the thing. I went back and I looked, and I've been studying Ryan Tannehill over the last week or so. And I went back in Miami and said, wow, you know, when he was there, he had two consecutive years of over 4,000 yards passing. He had three straight seasons of 24 touchdown passes or more. And so we've seen some of this from Tannehill in the past. Um, Yes, he's given them um, six wins out of their last seven games. He's Playing at a very high level as, as a testament to the grades that we've given him here. Uh, but they're doing more play action pass. He's taking more shots down the field, and his ball placement is phenomenal. They're asking him to uh precipitate in a excuse me, in a vertical passing attack where he's getting the ball down the field, and he's doing a good job at it. Now, can he sustain it? Remember, he's done this in the past, and we've seen him fall off the cliff. I think that's a good question. Can he continue to execute the way that he is now when the games become more meaningful? In two of the next three weeks, he's going to have to play against the Houston Texans. They've got a chance to win a division title. Let's see if he can get this done in meaningful games, in meaningful moments, against a really good football team. I think that's the X factor in terms of what we're seeing with Ryan
2: Tanner here. You know, Sally, so it's not a, uh, it's not a big sample size yet. It's only been a couple games and I'm probably stealing what was going to be one of Dave Briggs questions. Cause he's a huge Broncos fan, but that <laughs> yeah, makes it even more fun to ask it. <laughs> Drew Locke. What do you think of Drew Locke so far? What are the, what are the results? Of? I mean, obviously they've won both games But what do the PFF analysts see when they watch the rookie out of Missouri for the Broncos? I gotta tell you, you know, you're right. It is a small sample size.
1: But this kid, what he was known for coming out of Missouri was his big time throws. The ability to get the ball into tight windows, vertically down the field. He struggled with that in the preseason. But this kid has been putting in the work. I'm seeing someone who has been using the earlier part of the season when he was not able to play, that he was putting in work. He was looking and learning and listening in those meetings and paying attention, and now he's taking some of what he has seen out on the field, and he's, Ross, willing to challenge the opposing defense. He's pushing the ball down the field vertically. He's throwing the ball into tight windows. He's got tremendous accuracy, and his receivers are making plays for him. I don't, we don't know if he could, could continue. He's going to make some bad plays like he did at the end of the L.A. Chargers game where he threw that interception. But he came back the very next week in week 14 and put the ball back in the air, back in harm's way, and he was threading the needle. We like what we're seeing from Drew Locke. We want to see more. Um, He's going to play the rest of the season. That's good. Um, But right now, I can tell you right now, the arrow is pointing up. If you were asking someone, are you buying stock in Drew Locke, or are you selling it, I think the line would be very long for those who are buying it.
0: I'm not the only one with the Colorado connection here, Ross. Don't forget Solomon (laughs) Wilcox is a proud Colorado (laughs) Buffalo just like me, so you know he keeps an eye on the mile high city and state as well. Talking to Solomon Wilcotts, former NFL player, Colorado buff, PFF.com analyst. Last question for me. There was another surprise when I looked at your player grades and the number one wide receiver I just assumed was Michael Thomas because he is dominant. He will smash the record by Marvin Harrison. I think he needs 22 catches to break that record, which he will do barring injury. Chris Godwin. Of the Tampa Bay Bucks is the number one graded wide receiver. Most people wouldn't name him as the best receiver on his football team. What makes him so special and number one?
1: True breakout year for Chris Godwin. And to do so playing opposite of Mike Evans, both receivers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a top 10 receiving grade here at PFF. But Godwin, his ability to generate explosive plays, That is pass plays of 15 yards or more where he has the third most of any receiver in the National Football League, and then the consistency in which he is doing that. He's moving the chains and creating first downs, third most, again, of any wide receiver in the National Football League. And Jameis Winston is one of the guys, yeah, he's throwing it to his guys a lot. He's going to throw a lot of interceptions where he leads the league. Nine more interceptions for Jameis Winston than any other quarterback in the NFL. But give it to Chris Godwin. He is consistently, week in and week out, generating big plays, creating more first downs. And right now, this is a guy that, yes, he has our highest receiving grade. We'll have to see if he can continue, but he has been good wire to wire. And uh, I like what Mike Thomas is doing since you brought him up in New Orleans, because remember, he's doing that with two different quarterbacks. Yes, he's always done it with Drew Brees for, for five straight games when it was Teddy Gridgewater uh, Mike Thomas was still putting up Huge number, so very well-deserving as well. And he's right up there neck and neck with some of the top receivers on our PFF board.
0: He's Solomon Wilcox. Check him out at Solomon's Wisdom. Jump on PFF.com. Just 200 bucks a year for the best information, fantasy football, NFL, college football. We appreciate the time, my friend. Always nice to see you.
1: Appreciate you guys as well. Keep up the great work. Thank you.
2: Hey everybody it's ross tucker thanks for listening to the home and home podcast remember you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com